Welcome to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. Today, moderator Sam Fragoso discusses American animals with actor Blake Jenner and the man he plays in the film, Chaz Allen. This conversation was recorded at the Landmark in Los Angeles on opening night. Hello, hello. How are we all doing tonight? That was... That could have been more enthusiastic, but it's okay. Um, please, can you help welcome me to the stage, Blake Jenner and Chaz Allen. So that was something. Um, congratulations on the movie, and thank you all for staying here. I'm going to ask a few questions, and then I will open it up. Um, I want to start with something very basic, which is how much did the both of you talk before doing this movie? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, you know, when I first got cast, uh, the first thing that Bart told me was uh, he didn't want us talking too much to our counterparts only because, uh, you know, this was 10 years after the fact. He didn't want us to uh, feel a responsibility to play it a certain way. He kind of wanted us to, uh, like, approach it with a blank canvas and uh, kind of fill in the blanks ourselves and kind of bring ourselves to this character to have, like, to to have some skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And the film was mentioned to you a little bit earlier than him, right? Yeah, way earlier. I actually was introduced to to Bart and his whole production team while I was in prison and started dialoguing with them about my experience and everything that I went through. So that kind of started the process. And that's, it's been almost eight years ago now. What did you make in those first conversations when he's asking you about your life? Were you anxious to share that story with him? Uh, yes and no. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a unique position to be in because you don't know how much you can actually trust a, a filmmaker and what they ultimately want to do. <laughs> you know, and you know you have to you have to be concerned whether or not they're going to try to exploit the story or portray you in a way that you don't feel is is authentic to to you and what you actually experienced. So I actually didn't become involved in the project until about five years after initially meeting them. And you know, Blake, I was wondering, was there a moment once you're doing this project and you're on set, is there a moment when you realize like, oh shit, this may not be a bad movie. This may be pretty good actually. <laughs> no. Did I set you up okay? Perfectly. You Great. did it up like a champ. Uh, <laughs> no, I, from the moment I read this script, I knew it was something special. And uh, I'd never read anything like this. It was, it was really uh, unique and unconventional. And, you know, the same way that I feel like audiences watch this, um, you know, they, they get, they're, they're kind of strapped in disbelief at certain moments. And uh, what keeps it grounded is that, you know, the, the real guys kind of come in and they ground the story for you and they were they remind you that this is a true story and that just that appealed to me so much as an actor I'd, I'd, i hadn't read anything like this i hadn't been a part of anything like this so the second i i read it i was hooked so i was i was on board from the second i got the script from moment one yeah <laughs> great <laughs> <laughs> so my setup was nonsense yeah that makes sense. Absolutely. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are so many great twists and turns in the movie. Um, Chaz, one thing for you, I wanted to, I was rewatching it today, and I thought, the four of you are 20-year-olds, and you're driving to New York, and you've just stolen these highly priced pieces of art. 
in the movie, like people are looking out the window and like it's sad and, and, and there are tears and it's rain. In real life, what happens on that 12 hour car ride? It was, it was actually a pretty tense car ride because um, there <laughs> It's were not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was a lot of dispute about what we should actually do with the books. And my, my family at the time actually owned and operated an auction house. <laughs> so <laughs> I attempted to advise them, hey, you can't do this. It's a really bad idea. And basically, I was outvoted, to say the least. It was a democracy. It was, it was more or less a, dem a democracy, yeah. yeah. Is there um, a lot of yelling happening? Are people like, hey, you're ruining our lives? Or yeah, yeah, which ultimately, I, I think Blake captures incredibly, especially without even ever meeting or anything like that, the way that he portrayed you know, such a pivotal moment of my life, you know, that's, that's when I realized everything was gonna come crashing down shortly after that, and he just brilliantly portrays it. So thank you. Thank you, brother man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have more, but I will, does anyone wanna ask something quick here? Are you four so through through the film, uh, we we definitely have been, but other than that, we've we've pretty much gone our own separate ways. Um, especially me, the other three stay a little bit closer. But the I, four I of you aren't like getting drinks together, or <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, zero percent. No, zero percent. Okay. <laughs> um, does someone else go ahead? Is it hard to watch the movie? It in some ways, yeah. It's it's really a a unique and humbling and surreal experience to just watch it all because as as these scenes are being portrayed, I actually kind of flash back to things that I actually lived. So I'm seeing it on screen and I'm remembering it in my own memory. So it's, it's really weird. It, but in that, is there a moment when you're watching it that you're like, oh God, they really could have included this thing that happened? Well, there's, you know, in this particular case, there's 116 minutes to try to, you know, capture four unique stories and blend it all together. So, you know, there's there's a lot of room to to explore, you know, more in each of our stories. But overall, I, I think they did a really incredible job. Mm. The the one thing I was also uh, I think also fascinated by, and the movie plays into, that it's both a documentary and also fiction is that it's playing with the idea of which version of events do we believe in. And um, I was wondering, do you two, uh, rather, what events do you two believe in? How do you think it played out? What events do, do Blake and I believe yeah. in? Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, as an I, like, you know, reading it, I, I bought into the whole thing. I found the, the whole thing to be truthful and, you know, emotionally physically everything and and one one question that uh you know just as an actor you know i can't speak for Chaz, but uh i'm often asked uh you know do you really think that warren went to the netherlands and uh and i just say uh, you know knowing the character of Chaz that i i read and kind of you know jumped into uh, i said absolutely i didn't think Chaz was the type of character to not jump into something unless he felt the whole thing was organic and through and through and, and all that so 
And I, I just have to say that, you know, as far as recounting memory, you know, it's it's been 14 years. So I mean, can you ma can you imagine something in your own life that is traumatic, that maybe you experienced? Can you remember every single detail and every single conversation? You you kind of you know what happened, you know the truth of it, but then there's little details, you know, like they point out the scarf, you know, it's blue or it's purple, little things like that, you know, it, it kind of changes and evolves over time in, in certain ways. Yeah, and that's another thing that I loved about the movie too, is because uh, I, I have the same group of friends that I grew up with, you know, since I was nine. And, uh, that's really know, admirable of you. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, <coughs> No, I was but sincere. It's so hard. No, to I like know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's so many stories that we'll we'll talk about, or so many so many uh, you know hangs that we'll kind of you know trip over in conversation, and we all disagree on how, <laughs> how it went. So I thought that was a that was a very very uh, appealing part of the script to me, is because it, it that spoke to me too. I said, you know, memory is kind of like a mind game. Some sometimes when you're you're with a group of friends, it doesn't always connect the way that you'd hope. Yeah, that happens a lot. Um, someone else have a question? Oh, a lot of people. Okay, let's go here. Chaz, do you fear that with the movie now immortalizing <coughs> your perspective that your own memories will be jeopardized by the film's portrayal of events? Actually, no. Uh, that's, that's why I felt it was so important to actually share and express my truth at, at length and in depth by, by writing a book. So, which actually comes out June 19th. It's called Evolution Becoming a Criminal. Go ahead. Um, Chaz, your mother described you as being very successful at the age of 12 onward. Why did you do that? Why did you join this group? Because you were successful in life to start with. Yeah, so <coughs> I, I actually kind of had. Um, I guess you'd call it the perfect storm of, of things going on in my personal life that the film really doesn't touch on. And that's, that's one of the reasons it was so important for me to write a book to really share and express my truth. Um, I actually said, said no to the whole idea for a long time. And I actually kind of laughed about it. I said, no, this is stupid. You're gonna get yourselves caught. You know, that whole thing. And it got to a point where, where everything that I expected my life to be. It turned out it just, it was a lie. And everything just changed. And I, I got to a point where I didn't care what happened. I didn't care if, if we got away with it, if we got caught. I was going through so much that I just wanted things to change. Let's go right there. Yeah, I hope this isn't too personal, Chess, but has your, do you feel like your family is, uh, like come to peace with it somehow or? Yeah, it's, it's not too personal at all. Uh, so it was really interesting actually going to, to Sundance to see the film. You know, my entire family came out and it was the first time since before, before the heist actually happened that my entire family, my, my mom who's now since remarried and, and my dad and um, just everybody, we actually sat at the same table and enjoyed a meal together. So it's, it was really, it was really therapeutic in that way. 
Right here. Um, hey, uh, thank you guys so much. Congrats on the movie. Um, Jazz, a couple of questions for you. When you were 12, what was the company you started? And second one, do you think your friend actually went to Amsterdam or no? So the question was, uh, what company did you start and so did your friend go to Amsterdam? Okay. <laughs> so it was called Lawn Care of the Bluegrass. So my, my family, they were in real estate as well. So I was kind of the kid that would just push the lawnmower around the neighborhood and really all over town. And I would take care of the, the lawn care and landscaping for the, the houses that my, my family's real estate company managed. Oh, and then what was that? I'm sorry, what was the second part? Did, Did your you go friend to go to Amsterdam? I don't at all. <laughs> no. Seems we got the answer to that. Um, right here. During the, you know, the heist, the actual day of it, and you were the driver, um, how true is that to the movie? Like, the events that happened, did you actually hit him with your van? Did you get in an accident, like, in the movie it was portrayed? Like, did that actually happen? So it's, it's overall, it's, it's very accurate and well portrayed. There were specific details, like, I can, Literally, when Blake's sitting in the car and he's, he's looking in the mirror and checking all these things, I, I flash back to actually remembering that and experiencing that. Um, when they're actually running out of the library, there was, there was a second librarian that actually chased them and actually almost tackled them, and that's why they dropped the books. They didn't just drop the books because they were just bumbling down the stairs. They were, someone was in pursuit of them, and they kind of busted out that door, and when I was driving the car, I actually almost ran into the woman who was chasing after them. Eric jumped in the, the van. Warren, I don't know where he ran. He ran off <laughs> like into the heart of campus. I don't know where he was going. Amsterdam. He's going. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I, I did not hit him with the car, but um, I was driving and we were, he was running alongside the car, just like oblivious. And we were screaming at him to get in the van. So he finally like dove in the van. And he did, he did throw up, but he threw up outside the van. How nice of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Consider it. Let's go with uh, you. When, uh, when you found out that the other guy, I'm sorry, I forgot the character's name, uh, gave the, his cell phone number to the appraisal person. Did you guys just then try to come up with a plan of escaping or taking off or, you know? So yes, yes and no. Um, that was the point that I knew that it's, it's going to come back. That was the beginning of the end. Um, <clears throat> in some kind of way, you, you feel a sense of relief that after these things that you've done, that it's, it's all gonna end. But at the same time, you're, you're kind of in survival mode. And we had actually considered leaving the state and, and going somewhere else to try to uh, sell the books. But ultimately, um, I'm really thankful things happen the way they did. Um, let's go here. Why do you think this is an important story to tell now? What's her question? Is there anything? It's like a 
Yeah, that goes for both of us. Okay. All right. Um, I, I think it's important that anyone, no matter what they've been through, I think it's really important that people have the right to express their truth and whatever they've been through and to, to accept the consequences, take responsibility for your actions in order to move forward with your life. Yeah, and I think it's an important story to tell as well, but um, kind of tapping back on, on something Bart has said a bunch of times is that, you know, a lot of people are looking, f you know, for that kind of, uh, that, that shot of adrenaline, that, 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 that feeling of importance through like social media and, and you know, the world that we're kind of living in today through like Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff and, you know, this is essentially the same thing, but this is pre all of that stuff. And th I feel like in this story, at least, in, you know, the script that we were given and, and the way that we worked, it was that they're kind of trying to find that same type of importance, but through a filter that didn't exist at the moment. So I think it's a, a message uh, tapping on letting the, your imagination kind of get ahead of you and kind of, you know, making sure you're kind of operating from that right filter and sticking true to you are. Oh, yeah. I've also got a, a follow up with that. I, I also think it's it's important that this story has been told the way that it has, because you know as it portrays in the the film, you know I grew up idolizing uh, these these kind of iconic criminals and gangsters, and you know due to that I, I blurred the lines between fantasy and reality, and I think that's what's so special about this film is that it's not just the, the kind of glamorized fantasy version of crime. It actually shows the, the raw, the gruesome, the ugliness that comes with crime and also the consequences. And I, I think it's, it's important that the film does that and actually shows that, which kind of gives a better idea of what crime is actually like. Yeah, it's absolutely a cautionary tale. That's what we set out to make when we started. We have time for one more question, and there's about 34 hands. Um, <laughs> who wants it the most? God, there's been, you know what? There's someone all the way back up to the right raising their hand. Right, right at the top. Right, right at the there. very top. Yeah, I see him. Can, can you stand up and, and say it? Yes, this was a wonderful film. In regard to the issue of fantasy versus reality, does anyone know if Warren ever had a U.S. passport? <laughs> so, Just? so to to speak to that, at the time, he he claimed he had a he had a a forged passport. The best kinds of passports. <laughs> um, that was a quick question. You're right here. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so you guys talk about the importance of like doing things in your life and whatnot, but uh, ethics and morals aside, philosophically as human experience, do you feel it was important for you to have had this experience? And what did that interpretation or what you read in the script do? What did you get out of the movie's viewers? And take it, like I said, take morals and ethics aside. Was that important to you at that moment? Like, in any way for you? The question so, was, was going through this uh, an yeah. important experience? Okay. Uh, 
I, I can only speak from, from hindsight and, and my perspective at this point, but it's, it's absolutely been therapeutic because once I, I literally self-sabotaged my life and once you are literally looking up from the, the rubble and the ashes of what you've created, there's, there's an opportunity for transformation if you're open to it. And because of that, I was able to really take a, a really deep and hard look at my life and what's important to me and you know, who am I? You know, what, what do I want my life to become? So from that, from that place, which ultimately was prison, um, my life is, has been dramatically different ever since. Blake and Chaz, the last thing I want to ask before we go. Um, it's a little different for you, Blake, but it's th the question still applies. Chaz, you spent seven years in prison? So the sentence was 87 months, seven years and three months of that. I did five years and 10 months in federal prison. I did six months halfway house home confinement, 18 months probation. You two have both very different lives, but with that, <laughs> that was an obvious statement. Um, <laughs> what do you two wanna do in the next couple of years, broadly, professionally? <coughs> well, for me, uh, I'd love to continue to create. Uh, I have a film that's coming out in two weeks called Billy Boy, which uh, our wonderful director is actually here, Brad Beaker. Thank you so much for coming out, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, other than getting cast in things that I really believe in with people who I believe in, um, I'd love to just continue to create. I, I've been doing that since I was a kid. We, me and my friends, we were making YouTube videos. Not very good ones. The dialogue was pretty crappy, so they would always end up becoming music videos because I <laughs> <laughs> just take the dialogue down and just throw on Reliant K. That's a creative solution. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the least hypocritical route that I could take. It's, you know, doing things that I love and, uh, you know, creating things that really speak to me. So. And Chaz? So, I, as I mentioned before, I, I have a book coming out. Um, it's called Evolution becoming a criminal and it's you know it's years years after everything that that happened and it's after some some really hard serious uh, soul searching and introspection on what happened so I, I'm really excited to share that and I have a passion for for writing and and also just just helping people in general Blake and Chaz, thank you so much. Everyone. Thank you. Thank you all for coming out. Thanks for listening to the Landmark Theaters Q&A podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and also check out Landmark Theaters' YouTube channel for videos of these Q&As and other exclusive content. See you next time.